Hi, this is Pastor David Cooper. Thank you for joining my podcast. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you. I also want to ask you to share the podcast with others. Together, we can make an impact in people's lives as we introduce them to the Word of God. Thank you for your partnership and ministry of the Mount Perrin family and our outreach. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you today. Today, we're going to talk about compassionate communication. As we look at the ninth commandment of the Ten Commandments, the Word of God tells us in Exodus 20, verse 16, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Washington Irving was right when he said the tongue is the only instrument that grows sharper with constant use. Taming the tongue takes great discipline. Our words can either bless or curse They can heal or hurt. They can build up or tear down. The healthy communication requires honesty, truth, and discretion. As we see in God's command, do not give false testimony against your neighbor. Now, three questions are raised by this commandment. First of all, what constitutes false testimony? The second question is, who is our neighbor? And the third is, how should we respond to people if we're to avoid false testimony? Well, let's start with the definition. What is false testimony? The King James translates, you shall not bear false witness. When we think of the word testimony or witness, we think of a court of law, of saying something under oath, of saying something that has weight and power for or against someone. Now, here we're focusing on false testimony. So false testimony can take the form of gossip. We could share any information, true or untrue, for the reason of destroying someone. It can take the form of slander, which we see today in politics, in the media, in social media, and so many politicians build their whole campaign on slandering their opponent. And most of that is untrue. If it's not untrue, it's something that's mildly true and grossly exaggerated. False testimony can also take the form of lying, of making up a story. Even recently, we've seen many people taken to court and go through great harm and great expense only to find out a person just outright lied, made up something very dangerous and detrimental to a person and caused them great harm. All of that constitutes forms of false testimony, of saying something that's not true, that's not completely true, that's a distortion even of the truth, to tear someone down, to hurt them, to get an advantage of someone. Now, what motivates someone to bear false testimony against someone? Well, there are some reasons that people are motivated to do it. The first is revenge. They want to get back. And that's what revenge is. It's getting even with someone. And so someone is so mad, so angry, so self-righteous and self-justified that they want to get back at someone for something they've done, maybe for the progress of someone. And the scripture tells us clearly to avoid ever taking revenge against anyone for anything. Now, here in the book of Romans, chapter 12, the apostle Paul writes, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, he means on the contrary of taking revenge, this is what we should do. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. 
In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Romans 12, 19 and 20. And that last verse is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. What a great truth for all of us when someone harms us or does wrong against us, commits evil against us. Do not be overcome by evil. Don't let it defeat you, but overcome it with good. You can't overcome evil with evil. You can't go and bear false testimony to get back at somebody or create some lies or gossip. That's not going to justify your cause and it's certainly not going to benefit you or me in any way. So people bear false testimony. They lie about people. They gossip. They slander because they want to take revenge. The second reason people will bear false testimony is because of jealousy. They're just jealous of who someone is. They're jealous of their position in life. They're jealous of their possessions in life. There's so much jealousy going around today. And many people feel entitled, but the entitlement's kind of driven for some people by their envy of what other people have, what they've accomplished, what they've achieved. And so when people are jealous of someone, they will lash out and lie and distort, and they will give false testimony. They'll bear false witness. They'll make up all kinds of lies and slander and gossip because they're jealous of someone. Now, the scripture cautions us against the spirit of jealousy in James, the third chapter. He says, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such, quote, wisdom of selfish ambition or envy, such worldly type of wisdom, people that think they're going to win in life by being envious and by being bitter toward others, such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. Very strong language, but it shows us how problematic real jealousy can be. Earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in every evil practice, James 3, 14 through 16. So it is that sense of envy and jealousy of someone that causes some people to give false testimony against someone. Well, who is my neighbor? Because the commandment says you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Now, the word neighbor is important in this commandment, and it will appear in the 10th commandment as well, because it connects this commandment to the second great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the second great commandment, Jesus said, and it goes with the first one, to love the Lord our God. It's found originally in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, but repeated throughout the scripture. Jesus elevated it as the second commandment on par with the great commandment to love the Lord your God. If we truly love God, we will love others. We will love our neighbor because they're made in the image of God. So it's interesting that the whole commandment against bearing false witness is driven by the lack of love toward others. Love your neighbor. Now, the scripture tells us in James 2, verse 8, if you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you're doing right. And then in Romans 13, verse 10, Paul the apostle writes, love does no harm to its neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. And finally, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 14, we read that the entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. So if we truly love our neighbor, we will not bear false 
witness. We will not give false testimony. We'll not gossip. We'll not slander. We'll not attack them on social media. We won't try to undermine them with our words. Well, if we're going to avoid bearing false witness and we're going to have healthy communication and compassionate communication, because when we are motivated by love, then the way that we speak is compassionate and merciful and kind. And we overlook the sin. We overlook the injustice. We overlook the evil. As we learned here in Romans 12 and 20, don't be overcome by evil. When people attack you, when somebody slanders you, when someone gossips about you, don't retaliate. So how should we respond to keep us from falling into the trap of bearing false witness and giving false testimony against our neighbor? Well, first of all, we need to be governed by the law of love so we speak the best about others and we avoid saying anything harmful to people. My mother was fond of saying, if you can't say anything good about somebody, don't say anything at all. And that's a very powerful principle of life to just sometimes avoid saying what we want to say. We're hurt, we're mad, and I probably have every reason to be so. But the ability to tame the tongue and to discipline ourselves, the law of love, that we rise above what's been done to us and we take the higher road. The scripture tells us, brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There's only one lawgiver and judge, the one God who is able to save and destroy, but you, who are you to judge your neighbor? James chapter four, verse 11 and 12. And again, we're reminded of the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, 1. Do not judge and you'll not be judged. Over and over, we're taught as God's people not to put ourselves as the judge of others. No matter how hurt we are, mad we are, upset we are, to have the discipline and communication to not bear false witness, to not attack people verbally, to not slander them, to make things up, to exaggerate things. So we're reminded again that we're not in the place of God. We need to turn these situations over to God in prayer. The Lord knows if you've been hurt, if you've been slandered, if somebody's undermined you at work, if somebody's gossiped about you at school, if somebody in your own family's lying about you and spreading gossip about you in your own family, rise above it. Remember the law of love. Don't slander them back. Don't judge them. But commit that situation to God and let God defend you. Let the Lord intervene for you. Let the Lord silence the avenger. Let the Lord silence the person let the Lord deal with them. That's why we read early in Romans 12 to not take revenge, but leave room for God's wrath, God's discipline. Turn your situation over to God and let him defend your cause. And you'll be amazed at what happens if you can let go of the hurt, rise above it, and don't lash out. The second way that we can avoid falling into the trap of false testimony is that we follow the example of Christ. When he was arrested and interrogated we know that they brought in some false witnesses about him who lied about him, making up things that he said. But when all of that happened to Jesus and he went through his trial, then he was attacked and he was insulted and he was called a blasphemer and false witnesses came in that were paid to bear false witness in a court of law, which still happens tragically. That's what he endured. 
When that happens to you, just rise above the insult as he did. These words in 1 Peter chapter 2 are powerful to teach us about the example of Christ for us. And the Apostle Peter says, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him, God, who judges justly. And that's why I said to you, turn it over to God. That's what Jesus did in the moment. And he set an example for us. Take the harm that you've been done. Take the gossip that you may have endured. Take the slander that's been leveled against you. Turn it over to God today. Entrust him with it. God will judge in the matter. God will intervene for you. God will discipline those who verbally attack you and take the higher road. I love the fact that the Apostle Paul, when he began to write what we call the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, that he began it with those words, I show you a more excellent way. The way of the world is a way of false testimony and gossip and slander, but the way of Christ is the way of love. Join me for prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word today. I pray for those that have been hurt, that have been the victims, and maybe today are the victims of injustice. They've been slandered at work, maybe slandered in their own families. They've been undermined in social media that today, that they would turn that situation over to you, that they would follow the way of love and the example of Jesus and see your power and your glory intervene for them. Bless them today. Give them favor in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining me. Make sure you get a copy of my new book, 10 Guidelines to Greatness. This is a book on the Ten Commandments. And the content of those chapters is very different. There's a lot of other things that I share about the Ten Commandments other than what we're sharing here in the series. And some of the things I'm sharing in this series as we go through it together are very different. Some new insights that the Lord's given me about these amazing Ten Commandments. They're guidelines for greatness. They teach us how to live. Sunday's coming. I'm looking forward to seeing you and your family in church as we worship the Lord together on campus. If you're able to be here, the services are dynamic and powerful. You want to be here fellowshipping with God's people, all the amazing ministries that we provide. And if not, certainly online. Some of you worship with us all over the world. You're part of the Mount Perrin family. I want to thank you for your generous and financial support. If you've never started supporting the ministry of Mount Perrin financially, I pray that you'll go today on the giving site, on the website or your app, and partner with us in ministry and our missions work around the world. We're doing so many new things in the church. We've got some new plans coming up as well. So many ways that you can invest your life with us. I know this is a church ministry you believe in, so I trust that you will, in your heart, Find a way to be generous, support the work of the ministry and partner with us in all that we're doing. I love you. I'm praying for you. God bless you. Make sure you share, dig deep with somebody every week. Let's invite others to experience the word of God. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for joining me today as we've shared together the Word of God. Let me ask you to download the Mount Perrin Church app today so that we can stay connected and you can see all the great services and resources available for you and your family. Follow me on social media and also the Mount Perrin Church family. I look forward to seeing you in church to worship on campus and online. God bless you. Have an incredible day.